Oh, man. Oh, Dave Rubin is in studio with us, and there couldn't be a better week for him to come by to comment on the insanity that is California. We begin there in 60 seconds. Dave Rubin joins us. It's Friday. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me tell you quickly about uh, Car Shield. Look, you know that people are paying now $5,000. They're willing to pay $5,000 more for a car just to be able to get the car. And that is because uh, there's a shortage of cars. And the, the Ford just came out and said they're not going to be able to fulfill the line this, uh, this quarter because of the shortage of uh, uh, silicon and the chips that go into the car. Okay, that's good. So that's driving the price of cars up. People are already paying five grand extra just to uh, just to get the car. What do you think is going to happen when your car breaks down and it's a chip? What do you think that's going to cost? I know what they cost now, and I don't want a chip to go wrong in my car if it's not covered. You need coverage. Now, if your car is out of warranty, Look, what's going to happen is they will total your car and then you'll have to go out and buy a replacement. And how much is your car worth? Have you noticed the price uh, uh, that they're giving you when you when you try to trade your car in? So what is it going to cost you? What are they going to give you for that car? It's so much better to be covered with car shield and just let them pay the price of the repair, especially with the chips. You will save money. It's an insurance policy against, honestly, against this runaway inflation. It's carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10% now. Carshield.com. Promo code BECK. A deductible may apply. Call them now. Mr. Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report and the author of Don't Burn This Book. Welcome to the program, Dave. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be here in the free state of Texas, in the free city of Dallas. When are you just going to pull the trigger and come to paradise? Glenn, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. I lasted in the left for a long time. I was part of the machine, and I have a high tolerance for insanity, and I think that that has (laughs) kept me there. That has kept me there longer than I should be. I mean, trust me, every piece of me wants to move at this. Look, there's two reasons, basically, you, you stay in L.A. One, obviously, is the weather, and then the previous piece in Los Angeles, in SoCal, was that Hollywood and the biz, the business that we're all Mm. sort of ancillarily in, if you're in politics and media, that was there. Well, that has completely collapsed. Now, the weather is still nice, uh, but it's not enough. And I'm trying to figure out what to do. But, you know, like you, I I own a couple of businesses and it's not just me picking up and leaving tomorrow. It it, it, it takes a lot of different things. So we're talking about it because it's depressing there. It's depressing. It's sort of, it's not as bad as New York City. I heard you and Bill O'Reilly a few minutes ago and New York City is just, beyond it's dystopian at this point but la has some level of zombie apocalypse to it in five years if they continue down this path it really could be escape from new york yeah i mean yeah i i was in i i lived for most of my adult life in manhattan so i as uh bill was saying you know it's like i know manhattan i love manhattan to be in midtown was scary it was legitimately scary because every first off you know everyone's got the mask 
everyone's walking alone because no one's going anywhere. You know, like they're doing little errands maybe, but no one's going out anywhere really. So everyone's alone with the mask kind of head down. There's, you know, uh, you got barricades all over the place, cops all over the place. It's dirty. You know, things are boarded up. That is not New York City, the greatest city in the entire world, in the history of the world. I mean, the cultural capital of the world. Man. Not now. Yeah, in L.A., man. And you know what they're saying? They're they're saying they're opening up Broadway and everything else. But I honestly don't know if New Yorkers are going to be able to deal with it. There is such an identity Mm -hmm. with the mask and isolation. It has become... It really has, I think, become a religion for so many people. I mean, it's why Cuomo has been saying, we got to follow the science, got to follow the science. And then what does he do? C- a CDC comes out and says, OK, get vaccinated. Don't don't wear a mask. And he says, well, 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 we're not ready for that yet. Yeah, I don't I mean, think I don't think it's, it's hyperbolic. Nuts. I don't think it's hyperbolic at this point to say there was virtually no science behind any of this, that the lockdowns did absolutely nothing. I mean, we know that we absolutely know that the lockdowns did nothing. They have inflicted a psychological condition on people to now make us afraid of each other, to make us turn on each other. And I'm what I'm afraid is what have they seated us with? What is next? What did they just do to us that they could make us do things that are unimaginable, you know, months or years from now? So I said this last hour, um, and there's probably a much better analogy, but the absence of a mask on somebody has become almost like a yellow star. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many people on the liberal side see the mask as a sign that you're part of the party. And when you when you're not wearing a mask, you're a problem. And they've been shaming us. They've been side-eyeing us, uh, speaking out, calling us names. How do they remove that mask? Because it has become part of the identity of the party. Well, Glenn, that goes directly to the danger that they've been doing for years now, which was calling us all racists and bigots and Nazis. And I know that you personally, you, Glenn, you've gotten into hot water from the, the lefty media at times for making the Nazi analogy. And, and I completely agree with you on this. They are when you make the Nazi analogy, I mean, the irony is these are the people who call all of us Nazis. But the Nazis didn't just show up one day. It didn't yeah, just show you. up one day. Oh, it is you, a, yes, it is a process of othering people, saying the worst mm-hmm. things about people. And now it's not just that our political views are odious and should be silenced and kicked off big tech and everything else. It's that we are literally killing people by not wearing masks, by not bowing to these people. Mm-hmm. And and who is who's actually the ones that are instigating the hate. It's it's them. Well, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's all on you. Live your right. life. And you can be pro-vaccination and be vaccinated and pro-mask and still have that a point of view. Sure. I mean, sure, but, but that's they don't because, think so. Well, because that's we, because we respect individual rights. We respect freedom right. and liberty. And what they respect is power and control but i i think you're making a good point you know this is one of those people get very upset when people make any sort of nazi reference or or holocaust reference coming say from our side even though they do it all the time but yes at some point it becomes you've othered people into they're not even people anymore and what do you do with those not people so i you know i was going to talk to you about this later if we had time but since we're talking about this I am so sick and tired of being called a Nazi. 
I'm so sick and tired of becoming of being called an anti-Semite by the left. When the tweets about the the attack on Jerusalem, I mean, I, I read this yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, a Muslim actress, uh, she, she I'm, and I'm quoting, this is what she tweeted. I would have killed all the Jews of the world, but I kept some to show the world why I killed them. Adolf Hitler. Who's the Nazi here? Yeah, this is a who's blue the check. anti-Semite blue check yeah, person blue on Twitter. Check. You're allowed to do yep. it. You know, Trump's not allowed to be on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, the amount of crazy hate that I'm seeing on Twitter is off the charts. Look, you know, Glenn, first off, the idea that you would be called this, you've been such an incredible friend to the Jewish people, to Israel, to, to truth and history and all of those things. But what's happening is, you know, we've been in a nonstop war on reality that has morphed into a full on war on truth. Nobody mm-hmm. understands history. Nobody understands geography. You know, if, if you listen to the way the mainstream media talks about it, they seem like they're talking about this massive, ever expanding country. Israel, I mean, you've been there many times. It's the size of New Jersey that at I some know. point without the West Bank is about six miles wide. You can drive across it yeah. in a couple hours north to south. Yeah. You could drive several yeah. times in a day. It's obscenely yeah. tiny. There is one tiny little nation state for the Jews. There are many states that are uh, Christian dominated, many states that are Muslim dominated. And this is just the never ending battle for look. the Jews have a 5,000 year brutal history and somehow have stuck around. So I I know the Israelis will stick around and I know they're smart enough to stick around and have the will to live, but watching the left just completely become everything I've been saying it is and the vile stuff from Omar and Tlaib and these, these people, it's, it's incredible. That's why I love talking to you, Dave, because I, I, I could have a plan for a conversation, but it always goes off the rails because you're so fascinating. <laughs> let me uh, l- let me let me ask you this. As I was thinking about it, you're 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 an agnostic, right? Or no, I wouldn't atheist? say I'm agnostic anymore. I, no, I'm a believer. I, I'm a believer. I'll, I'll tell you something. Did you see? Wow. Did, did you happen to see a clip uh, that, that was viral about a week or two ago with uh, Jordan Peterson on Tucker Carlson's uh, Fox Nation show. Did you happen to see it? Yeah, that was great. No. So I there's didn't. there's an incredible clip. Maybe your guys could pull it up if, if we could snag it, yeah. the audio if possible. But basically what Jordan says, and I think it's the best explanation of faith that I have heard that that makes sense to me. He said that when he was 25 years old, he started telling the truth because he started to believe that the truth no matter the cost would be better than any alternative. Meaning that if you say the truth for truth's sake, that that no matter, it doesn't mean good things are going to happen, but it will be the best option, no matter what the lie you put out there is. And then what he went on to say was, and this is, this is the key part. He said that doing that, believing in truth for truth's sake and not going along with the lie, that that is the ultimate expression of faith because that is taking a leap of faith for truth. And yes. and I've heard him say some version of that many times. Obviously, I was on tour with him for a year and a half, but I thought the succinct way and hopefully I gave it some slight justice there. I, I, that makes sense to me. Truth for truth's sake, no matter what. And and so that it's, it's is really, faith. That is faith. You, I think you're exactly right. I think he was right. Let's play the clip real quick. You make your decisions in life, and I decided when I was very young, I'm in my mid-twenties, that I was going to say what I believed and see what happened. I talked to you earlier in the talk about adventure, you know, about the adventure of truth, and I don't think I'm happy about what has happened, and I certainly have dragged my family through their fair share of, well, both hell and, and 
also incomprehensible opportunity. It's ex expanded our lives in both directions to a tremendous degree. But it's certainly been an adventure. It's not been dull. And I don't believe that it, I don't believe that it was a mistake. Whatever happens as a consequence of telling the truth is the best thing that can happen. It doesn't really matter how it looks to you at the moment, or maybe even across yes. the years. Because you have to, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an article of faith in some sense. Do you believe that reality is better constituted as a consequence of truth or falsity? If you believe that reality is best constituted as a consequence of truth, then you have a responsibility to speak the truth. And you can't assess the consequences and say, well, that was a mistake because part of the decision that reality is best constituted as a consequence of the truth is the decision that no matter what happens is the best if it's a consequence of telling the truth. Yes. And so that's what I conclude. It's like... That's great. Okay, so it, I, I think, you know, Dave, I don't know if you know this. Do you know that the, the why the blaze is called the blaze? Do you know why I, I named it that? I, I'm sure I should know. I'm sure <laughs> no, I should know, and I probably don't. do it was, know, but please tell me. No, it was a private... It was a private decision i've talked about it a few times but a private decision um i called it the blaze because i believe when you stand in the fire of the truth it's a god thing when you uh, stand in the truth it purifies you because you can't have any lies a part of your life you can't it it, it those will burn you up mm -hmm. but when you stand firmly in the truth that fire won't destroy you. It destroys everything else that is lies. Um, and it is a, it really is an article of faith. That's, I that's, believe yes. that the truth wins that's eventually. It. That's the key part that the truth for truth's sake, that you have to take a leap of faith to believe that. Right. Because we don't have right. empirical evidence that just if you tell the truth, things will work out. And that's actually not no, what Jordan's saying. I'm not, He's not, not every. Right. Right. You, you you have no guarantee and and bad things mm. will happen for sure, but they will be the best possible consequence because you went for truth. That to me is such a it's such a human, granular, decent explanation of faith that that I, I believe that I believe in that. And, and I also so, believe in things that are beyond me. All right. So th this is this was brought up because of a question I was going to ask you. Let me ask you and then take a minute break and then come back and get your answer. I was thinking this week um, on how many people just, uh, you know, they just dismiss Israel and everything else. And I think if you believe in God and you see the prophecy in the Old Testament of Israel and what will happen with Israel, how do you dismiss yeah. that? I mean, it's the only country ever in the history of the world to have this happen to them. It was foretold. How do you dismiss all of that? Um, and I'd like to get your answer on that uh, if you if you yeah, have one coming yeah, up in one minute. Stand by. Then we got to get to the craziness in California. Um, Rectech been raining a lot here lately in my neck of the woods which means the outside temperature has been all over the place but nothing's stopping us from grilling out i mean it is beautiful and it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's raining doesn't matter if it's really super hot or really super cold because Rectech, i don't have to stand there and check the food all the time i used to burn everything everything on the grill 
I don't burn anything anymore. And I can make it, I can, I can bake, I can grill, I can smoke. It is really, really the best grill out there. So find a rec tech and a b compare go look for the best and the best you know and look at all of those and then go to rectech r-e-c-t-e-q.com and a b compare them there is no comparison dollar for dollar pound for pound this is the best one available but do your own homework on it i think you'll eventually agree when you actually a b compare them it's rectech r-e-c-t-e-q.com 10 seconds station id So, Dave, talking about truth, I mean, there are things that, for instance, you know, you can you can be a climate denier, as they call it. um, But you you have to accept that there are certain things that are true Mm -hmm. that show, you know, the temperature is rising, blah, blah, blah. What that means is 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 different than the facts. So when when people on the left see the facts of of israel and it being foretold and everything else how do you dismiss that well glenn first off so many of the people on the left don't believe in facts and that goes to what i was talking about before about a war on truth like for example i'll tell you a few facts right now and let's see if we can agree on facts there was never a country known as palestine is that true or false True. That is true. There was no country ever known as Palestine. There was an area that was part of the Ottoman Empire for hundreds of years that was then part of the British Empire. And when the British left, they said to the Jews that were there and to the Arabs, they said, we're going to split this thing. It's the 1947 partition plan. We're going to split this thing. Do you guys accept you know, you'll take your country, you'll take yours. By the way, they didn't say it to Palestinians because there were no people known as Palestinians. There were Arabs who lived in that area. Well, the Jews said yes. The Arabs said no, and then a war happened, and then thus Israel was born. Now, if you can't even have this conversation when people are saying, well, they're occupying Palestine, well, you say, okay, well, who was the prime minister of Palestine? Who was the president of Palestine? What, what mm. did the nation look like? They can't even accept that. If, I mean, if you literally say just that, they will you know, call you all of the worst things, even if you think about what's happening right now. It's like if, if, if there was a genocide happening, Jews are generally pretty good at math. This is the worst genocide of all time. The Gaza population is exploding. It goes up every year, as does the Arab population in the West Bank. Also, don't forget, there's a border of Gaza with Egypt because Gaza used to be part of Egypt until they attacked Israel and lost Gaza. Well, if Israel was slaughtering all of these people, you'd think that their Egyptian brothers might open up the border. But Glenn, as I'm sure you know, Egypt bombed the hell out of the border to keep them there because they don't want them and they filled tunnels up with water and they blew up houses and all that. So uh, that's a little offshoot of from what your question is related to. Are you you trying to connect this to the faith thing? I'm trying to get it to that. Even if you were to tell basic truths to people, they'll just say no, they'll no, no, can't be. And they they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. So that's why so much of what we've been fighting is an erasure of history as well. They don't want to know basic history because they have to fit everything to their narrative rather than fit history into reality it is that and then again you have to deny history again you have to deny facts every time that happens you do see genocide every time someone tries to change or erase history 
uh, and force people to do things, genocide happens. Of course. And let's even if you removed who was there first, removed the Bible, removed everything. Let's just say there was a completely 50 50 who's wrong, who's right. And people are bombing each other. Well, the, the new meme of the left is, oh, Israel is disproportionate in their use of force. <laughs> that, the implication is that you should be proportionate in force. So if someone comes to your house to stab you, you should only stab them equally. It's psychotic. It's absolutely psychotic. Mm-hmm. By the way, the United States has never been disproportionate in force. Colin Powell had the Powell Doctrine, which was that if you attack a country, if whatever military action you do, you do it with overwhelming force so it doesn't happen again. And, Otherwise, and, yeah. you continue to fight. You want to slowly both... bleed? Go ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'll be fighting forever. More with Dave Rubin in, uh, in just a second. There's some crazy things happening in uh, California. Los Angeles, homeless camps are everywhere. Fires are breaking out. San Francisco, the teachers union. Scam. Total scam. We'll talk about that next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So right now, if you have teenagers, uh, you know, it's prom season right now. Now, listen, I don't want to pitch my slippers this way, but something as a dad compels me to do it. I think you should get a pair if for no other reason than to show up at your kid's prom wearing them. Sure, they'll be 30 before they ever forgive you. But imagine the fun. Imagine the fun. Imagine the fun as he comes to pick up your daughter and you're sitting at the kitchen table in your my slippers and you're just loading a gun or cleaning a gun. Okay. And you're just like, what time is she going to be home as you're cleaning your gun? Okay. That's totally reasonable. And then, you know, you go and pick her up, uh, you know, or just go just say, hi, hey, you still at the prom and you're wearing my slippers. I think that is worth the price of my slippers, which, by the way, are 40% off. 40% off, great slippers. You can wear them everywhere. One-year warranty, money-back guarantee. It's MyPillow.com, promo code BECK. Hey, Glenn Beck, Dave Rubin, and more on Blaze TV. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, let's talk a little politics here and what's been going on with the Republican Party. I just had Nikki Haley on. I know you talked to her last week, Dave. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nikki was on and she had strong words yesterday uh, on the podcast about uh, the Republican Party. She's like, get your act together. Stop pussyfooting around. Uh, you know, and this goes to the Lynn Cheney thing, which mm-hmm. I think is bullcrap. I just think it's total bullcrap. She is um, somebody who voted, you know, with Trump the whole time, but hated him. I don't care if you like Trump or hate Trump. Were the policies right? And everybody is getting hung up on personalities and and the Republicans are going to lose yet again because i don't think they mean what they say look at america can agree that being energy independent was really good lower prices really good uh the middle east not on fire really good 
Russia not hijacking us and hacking into our systems. Really good. China being on the ropes instead of in charge. Really good. What part of those policies are we really going to disagree with as a vast majority? Why can't the Republicans pull the, their head out of their ass? They have got to figure out. And I say this as the new guy on the right, let's say, or the new conservative. They have got to figure out, are we are we serious? Are we serious about fixing this country and using power when we don't want to use power, but to, to fix the deeply wrong things with this country? Or are we not? Or do we just want to be liked by the Democrats and liked right. by MSNBC? And what I can sense when I'm hearing the voices, you know, from my younger audience is that they have just had it with the Republicans, even if their their beliefs fit more with the Republicans in terms of liberty and freedom and all of those things. They have had it with these people who basically become these pets, you know, sort of a, a Mitt Romney type where it's like, you know, you never yes. really defended anything. But now the media kind of likes you because you are anti-Trump mm -hmm. and you get pet pet on the head. I mean, they're pet Republicans, I would say. Mm -hmm. I think the Republicans, the conservatives, this this there's such a richness in this new movement but they got to figure out, well, who's in charge? Is this Trump's show still? Or, you know, what I think I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. It seems to me that DeSantis probably should be at the top of the ticket and be sort of the figurehead of this thing. But Trump should be the showman and the bodyguard on the outside. Trump, do your yeah. rallies, take the bullets, fight the media so that DeSantis can do what we all want which is be a statesman, be a mature, responsible leader. All the yes. things that he's doing in Florida, by the way, but he's going to need the bodyguard. And if Trump, this is the biggest if for Trump in his whole life, if this could be bigger than deciding to run the first time. Trump, can you put down the ego enough to say, I don't need to be the president, but I will do the thing that nobody wants to do one more time without being the head of the operation. And I, I, I think that would work. I think it would work. Yeah, I do too. But I'm not sure that he can do yeah, that. I don't I mean, know. Imagine, put yourself in that situation. You went out discredited. You went out and then everything you've done, they've reversed and the whole world went on fire. And you're a businessman. You fixed the economy the first time. That would be really... It'd be really hard to to not run and say, oh, really? Oh, it's not working now that I'm gone. Hmm. Interesting. And go in and just bulldoze. It'd be really hard. It, it would be incredibly hard. Look, Trump is good at a bunch of stuff. I think putting his ego aside is probably not his best trait. Right? So, <laughs> not in his wheelhouse. Right. So yeah. it's like he would have to truly make a decision to say, hey, the thing that I did that worked that now has been reversed Maybe I can't do it exactly the same way, but do I have a role in this? Because the, the simple truth is we need those rallies again. We need to light the fire of patriotism again and pride in America because this Biden thing has been, well, I would say so much worse than we all thought, but I thought it was going to be pretty terrible. I mean, I'm even surprised at the acceleration of the craziness, but it's going to continue to get worse. And will Trump just say, you know what? One more time. One more time, even if the, the machine tried to destroy me, but I'm still here. And will I do something one more time? I don't know. But I don't see how they can do it without him for now. That's just a that's just a cold reality about politics. When you talk about the um, the youth, I, I see a strength in them. You know, mm -hmm. the 
the twenty somethings get a bad name by most people, and I I don't think so. I think there's a huge split between the people who are now in their thirties, um, who are really the ones kind of running this bullcrap, and and the the people that are coming up behind them. I think they're different. Oh, I think they're different, and and to go to where we started, you know, twenty minutes or so ago, I think they want truth. They have been brought up in a world for it. Yeah, they have been brought up in a world that the political elite has lied to them. The media elite has lied to them. But but the beauty is, you know, when I was growing up at at my ripe old age of 44, when CNN and mainstream media was lying to me, it was very hard to figure out the lies because we didn't have the Internet to immediately expose the lies, to see the clip that they clipped and see that they clipped it right before someone said something else or that they they took out the word or or and or but. Now they've grown up seeing all of it. So they've seen the Wizard of Oz, the, uh, the Wizard of Oz. They've seen the curtain pulled back. They see the nonsense and they're they're desperately desperately looking for an adult. They still want an adult. They don't they don't want to take the reins of the world yet. They I think they understand for the most part the mature ones. Hey, we're we're 18, 20, 22. We can't run the world yet. But but where is someone where is someone mature and honest and decent ahead of me? And <laughs> Do you see that person on the horizon? Who do you see on the horizon? From a political perspective, I think DeSantis is as close to it as we've got. You know, DeSantis, I think he's 42, 42, 43, something like that. So generationally, I think that, you know, that's my gen generation. That's Gen X. And we have not stepped into the power yet. You know, we're, we're in the prime of our lives in that we're not in our 20s, 30s anymore. We're in the 40s where you're still young enough to go get the world, but you have some weir- world knowledge and world weariness. DeSantis, I think, is ready to fight. You know, he's doing the right stuff on critical race theory. He's fighting the big tech stuff. I think, you know, his his history, you know, he's a military guy. He's he's mature. Yeah. He's decent. Um, I think he's probably and he's unafraid. And he, he is. I, yeah. He does have the one thing that Trump was alone in, and that is no fear of the media. None. So if if that's. If that's the guy at that level, but you can't just be him, you know, in many ways, it was Trump versus the world and Trump's perhaps one of Trump's flaws was that maybe he just wasn't able to seed the rest of the party with the right people. You know, he just couldn't. Right. Right. And and the guy, look, you know, I liked him and I still like him, actually. But, you know, he wasn't Jesus. He was not perfect. And maybe he just couldn't do everything that we all wanted. That's, you know, he's just a human being. But I think this new generation might be able to, to put that thing better together. And I would include Nikki Haley in that. Um, but again, not all the answers are political. I mean, I think a lot of the answers go back to that Jordan Peterson clip that we talked about. We're going to need to do this culturally and politically, not just not just because, you know, we got the right guys in power in politics. So let me uh, let me play some audio from you uh, for you from this week uh, from a member of Antifa who actually said this out loud. Listen to I can't wait until white people. Can you play that? Whoa. What was that? You wanna say it again? Um yes. I can't wait until black people lynch white people. Uh, that's messed up. That's literally racist. In case you had a hard time making that out, I can't wait until black people lynch white people. We are in a society now where there are enough people still fringe, but enough people that uh, and are being 
ignored, thus giving them more credibility and more power, that actually would set up camps for those who don't agree with them, would liquidate, as we know the uh, uh, from the FBI reports in the 1980s, would liquidate 25 million people if that's what it took to get control of America. Do your do your old liberal friends? Do, 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 they does still anybody- don't get it. They still don't get it. it. It's incredible to me. It's truly incredible to me. You know, when people tell you who they are, believe them. When they tell you yes. that America is a white supremacist state and must be burned down, which is in essence what the progressive leadership, what's what the, it's what Maxine Waters, AOC, Tlaib, Omar, it's what they're all saying. You know, I will always look back on the on the primary moment where Mayor Pete, where Mayor Pete turned to Bernie right before Super Tuesday when they cut the deal to get everybody mm-hmm. out so that they could yep. pr- prop Biden in. Mayor Pete, it was the last debate, Mayor Pete turned to Bernie and said, you want to burn it all down and I don't. And Mayor Pete was right. That is what they are here to do. What is Bernie here to do? They're telling us that. And then when you t- when you add that with this horrific strain of identity politics masked in anti-racism, well, what we, if you believe that the country was founded on slavery, is fundamentally evil, is systemically racist and all the things, yeah, there's going to be hell to pay for the people that played so, a role in that. And, and that includes hanging white people. I want to take I want to take a break, but I want to get your answer on the other side of this question. Um, Bill O'Reilly and I were talking talking just last hour and I said, Bill, is it going to be enough to wake people up? You know, the economy, the critical race theory, the stuff that people are dealing with now. um, Is it going to be enough to wake people up? And he said, I think it will, but not for places like California. Hmm. It's too far gone. Nothing will wake that state up. I want to get your opinion on that when we return. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's uh, American Financing. Radio listener of ours, uh, Michael, he wrote in about his experience with American Financing. He said, I have been working with the uh, team at American Financing since we made the decision to refi. The team has just been great. Such a help since day one, answering all my questions. And there have been plenty of questions and returning every single call. My emails are answered quickly, which led me to wonder... Do these guys work 24-7? I've been contacted regularly, which allows me to rest easy, knowing that the progress is being made. You know, isn't that the worst thing? When people tell you they're going to do something by a certain date and then they don't hit it or they just don't call you back. I mean, it just makes things so much worse. It's like Dave was talking about truth. Just tell me the truth, man. I can handle it. It's going to be another week. Just tell me that. That's what that's what Michael went through with American financing in the good way. They did call him. They did tell him the truth. Um, uh, he said the closing is coming and we don't have to even take time off because it's coming to us. Maybe the people who have been working on this should take some time off because they work their butts off American financing. They'll work their butts off for you as well. Thanks, Michael, for writing in 800-906-2440. It's 800-906-2440. Call them now. AmericanFinancing.com. Net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday. Dave Rubin is uh, joining us from the Dave Rubin Report. Uh, Rubin Report can be found online, uh, also at uh, blazetv.com. Dave, I was asking you, Bill and I were talking last hour, Bill O'Reilly and I were talking last hour about he thinks the America will wake up, but not places like New York and California too far gone. Do you agree with that? Well, Glenn, as a guy that's only lived in New York and California, uh, it's a depressing reality, but it probably is the reality. Uh, Even with things even with things like in San Francisco, the teachers union to be able to grab the cash, send the seniors back to high school for one day so they're eligible for the cash. It's all psychotic. I mean, I know that story, the level of crime that is now in San Francisco, where you're seeing these videos where they won't arrest people anymore. So people literally walk into drugstores, put their arm at the beginning of the aisle, steal everything. And then the, the security guard who's like, hey, I'm making 12 bucks an hour. <laughs> Can right. I open the door for you? Uh, right. The, the drug use. I mean, you've seen all the videos you, you that have, I post about you, L.A. homelessness. It's crazy. And the L.A. homelessness is so bad. Yesterday they came out. 24 fires a day in homeless camps. Uh, 40 people have died from smoke inhalation, homeless people or burning to death. Uh, And half of all of the fires in California that they have to fight are now coming from the homeless camps. Right. I mean, then, no, I know actually last year when we had that that month of really horrific fires, uh, one of them was started that was about a mile away from my house. Right. Was started at a homeless encampment that we knew about. I mean, it was I had to drive there all the time when I was going to Costco and oh, there's the homeless encampment. And then lo and behold, that was the place where the where the fire started. But there there are so many problems in California. And it seems to me that Gavin Newsom only makes things worse every single policy that this buffoon puts forth makes things worse who do you think has the best chance at this point to replace him how's caitlin jenner doing Uh, i mean look here's the reality of it i don't think there's unfortunately we don't have a great crop here right we don't have a great bench of people that are like all right we're we're recalling this fool like here's the 10 guys that can maybe do it it seems like it's Caitlin or bust. I mean, I know there's a couple other people. There's John Cox, who's a Republican, who's tried to run a couple times. And there's a few others. I wish th- Richard Grinnell would run. I, I, I've begged if Rick, if I know, you're listening, because I, I text him every day. Rick, save I me. Know. And Rick, Rick, not only not only is Rick a great man, but he's a true Californian. He's a fighter. I mean, a I don't fighter. know why he wouldn't run other than he's already been through you know, the sausage machine. But once you've been through it, what the hell do you have to lose? Well, I think it's I think it's uh, I think he would be amazing. Glenn, I think it's the sausage machine. And I think it's that good people just are oh, like, what? you know what? Yeah. Why? Why? I am. Right. A, I am a good, happy, decent, productive person. Because Why? evil happens yep. when good people do nothing. And he is a good guy. I really like him. Yeah, I, I'd vote for him in a second. Let's both call him today. <laughs> Let's both call do it on air. Let's do it <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave Rubin, thank you so much. We'll Good talk again. You, Have a safe weekend. God bless.